The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. The Lord be with you. Pentecost is a very ancient feast, not just for us Christians, but for the Jewish people centuries before the time of Jesus. What did the Jewish people celebrate? Well, when they had left Egypt with Moses in the Red Sea crossing, the, the night before they left was called Passover where the angel of God passed over the land of Egypt and the Jewish people were protected by the blood of the lamb that they put over their doorposts. They left Egypt on Passover and they sort of calculated this later that 50 days after Passover, they were all gathered at the base of Mount Sinai when Moses went up to receive the Ten Commandments. And that's where the word Pentecost comes from. It means 50th or 50 days. They would sometimes call this feast the Feast of Weeks because it was seven weeks after Passover. So 49 days were fulfilled. And then on the 50th day, you'd have a big celebration in Jerusalem. And so for the time of Jesus, they already knew what Pentecost was, at least in the Jewish mindset. But then something happened uh, in the Christian uh, experience that gave a new meaning to Pentecost. And biblically, there's a link, though, which is one of the most powerful things about the Bible is that it's the very first hyperlinked text. Things in the Old Testament were then fulfilled in the New, and these were thousands of years apart, different languages and authors that were writing these books. So I thought today I would use a, a painting to show the Pentecost uh, scene, and I want to use El Greco this morning. El Greco was a painter who grew up in Crete, an island where they uh, would speak Greek. However, it was close enough to Italy, and at the time of El Greco's life, Venice was sort of in control of Crete, and so he had, a, he had an Italian passport, if you could call it that. So. He grows up in Crete, started painting, and then went to Italy, spent time in Venice, and then went to Rome. And he was there right at the end of the Renaissance, so shortly after Michelangelo had passed away and there was still great artwork being done. But when you look at El Greco's painting of Pentecost, which most of his paintings look something like this, you don't think Renaissance or Michelangelo in any way, right? El Greco 
uh, he wasn't very well liked in Italy because his paintings were different. He eventually went to Spain where he then had a little bit more success and the Spaniards gave him a nickname El Greco, right? Which just means the Greek guy, right? So El Greco, his nickname is now stuck on him for all eternity, the Greek guy. And in Spain, he, most of his artwork is, is still there today. El Greco was ahead of his time. He was painting in a way that you would say uh, the Mannerists or the Expressionists or the Impressionists and even Pablo Picasso would look to him for inspiration because he was just a typical artistic rebel that didn't want to fit in and didn't want to just paint like everyone else. He wanted to be true to his own artistic spirit. And I think even though that's just a human element of El Greco's life, it can maybe teach us something uh, about life in the spirit. Where if we truly let the Holy Spirit in, we might not just fit in with the world around us. We might begin to operate uh, in a different way. So El Greco's painting, let's kind of get a little closer up here. You see the apostles and disciples here, and they all have this little flame over their head. The tongue of fire. And the Holy Spirit is over them. This is the upper room. And you remember what I said, there's a link between the new Pentecost, which is this one, and the old Pentecost. In the old Pentecost, the Israelites were at the base of Mount Sinai, and there was a loud thunderous noise, and there was a storm, and there was wind, just like in the new Pentecost. They were there in the upper room in Jerusalem, and there was all these noises and loud thunder coming from the upper room, so all the Jewish people that were celebrating Pentecost were sort of coming to the upper room. And then it says that Moses went up. So we read in Exodus 19 that the mountain was covered with smoke. God had descended in fire. It wasn't that God sent fire, that God himself descended in fire. But at the time in the Old Testament, it was just for Moses. But now in the Christian context, the fulfillment of God's promise was that not just the Jewish people, but everyone could be saved. And the Holy Spirit coming in tongues of fire truly is God's presence there on the apostles and disciples. Now, if we just look at the scene for a little bit, there's something also beautiful here because you see it's not one of the apostles. It's not like it's Peter who's in the center of the painting. It's the Blessed Mother. We know that Mary was in the upper room with the early church. And Mary's there, and on one side of her, you also have Mary Magdalene. On the other side, you have the other Mary. This represents the, new, the church is now, the Holy Spirit dwells in all of us. All peoples, all places, all times, all languages. If you're baptized, you receive the Spirit. And if you're confirmed, you receive the fullness of the Spirit. Now, there's something else that El Greco's doing a little bit lower. You see that there's the two apostles at the bottom. They're sort of leaving a space open. There's a, there's a spot for you, the viewer, to enter in. And El Greco is painting. The figures are different. They're, if you were to kind of measure them, they wouldn't look proportionate. They're very tall and slender and the Spirit is kind of twisting them and transforming them in ways they're, 
they're in a sense spiritually transcending the limits of our human nature the spirit makes them not just human but divine and each one has his own or her own color none of them would have looked like this wearing outfits with all that bright color at the time of Jesus right but that variety is also the beauty of what also brings us our unity the many people all of us here have a different way of being a saint we don't have to copy each other God's given you gifts that are for you to use to make the world a better place well El Greco himself has a little message in here Carvaggio would start to do this later but El Greco put himself in the painting he's I believe it's the second from the right he's looking right out at you and he's saying to you do you as well want to be a part of this will you come and complete that circle will you let the spirit descend upon you and your life if we ourselves receive the spirit we're going to be men and women who live outside of time you could say ahead of our time to be filled with the spirit means you can see the world the way god sees the world which means you can see into the future the way god sees the future that's what it means to be prophetic if you are tied down to the things of the earth or let's say you have a lot of baggage from the past and a lot of hurt and resentment and bitterness in the past that's going to condition the way you see your life now and the way you see the future you just project that onto the future but life in the spirit means you can free yourselves from the baggage of this world and the hurts and you start to see how god is at work among us you start to see the world the way he sees the world if all of us today truly asked for the spirit to fill our hearts and we let the spirit transform us the way god wishes or well, our little part of charlotte would be a very different place it's not easy necessarily to be a christian right the spirit is going to be you know challenging us to live and think in new ways and that's part of the beauty of what it means to be a christian el greco never fit in with the artists of his time he didn't make a lot of money he died and you know he wasn't famous and no one cared about his paintings until you know the crazy modern art scene came along and then he became one of their heroes right and yet he was faithful to bringing out in his own artwork the way he had experienced christ in his life he let the spirit work through him we don't have to be a saint like anyone else but we do have to try to be the saint that's just you and there's never going to be another you and that's the you that god wants to be with that's the you that god wants to journey with and that's why at our parish at saint gabriel all are welcome wherever you're at on your journey whatever baggage you have from the past hopefully you'll be able to let go of some of that to forgive who you need to forgive to let go of the grudges and the hurts from the past that our spiritual gifts here will transform us to be each day a little bit more like the saints that we see in this painting in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen